This week, the Comics Guys explain The Avengers, Part 1. Yes, this time we will be talking about the history of the Avengers, and we'll be talking about every single Avenger over the next couple of episodes, but we're mostly going to focus on the ones who's, uh, who aren't in movies. Um, we'll be covering every single person um, and uh, trying to get through most of the major events. Um, but to, before we can get to any of that, uh, first it's probably good to know why the Avengers. So, Darren, why the Avengers? <laughs> Why the Avengers? Uh, well, the the Avengers was an idea that Stan and Jack had. Um, if you've listened to our Marvel history, you know that uh, the Fantastic Four came about because Martin Goodman learned how much money the Justice League was making for DC and came to Stan and said, we should also have a superhero comic, so a superhero team comic specifically. And that's what prompted Stan and Jack to create the Fantastic Four. Um, but they still did not have a team that was like the Justice League, right? They did not have a team that was made up of characters who also had their own kind of like solo careers, their own solo comics. And so that was on a list of things that Stan eventually intended to get to. He had a you know list of like five or six different things that he was gonna he was gonna get to. And so in 1964, he's got six, I think, titles running at that point, um, three of which are smash hits, and they're making money, right? It, uh, mm -hmm. Fantastic Four is making money, Spider-Man is making money, Thor is making money, and then they've got some other kind of like, you know, B and C list characters. Uh, the Hulk had just gotten canceled um, because it wasn't selling very well. That only lasted six issues, and then he got canceled. And this is during that time when they're just like, if you get six issues, and then you're canned. Like yeah, everything. well... I mean, Hulk really was the only one who failed out of those, right, if you think about it. So, I mean, eventually Ant-Man and the Wasp, Giant-Man and the Wasp also eventually lost their stuff. Uh, but that took a lot longer for them to get around to doing. Hulk, it was like, you know, six issues in, they were like, this is just not selling. Um, so they canceled his solo title, and then he started showing up in other people's comics. Um, so they were in a situation in, you know, 1960. Uh, say the spring of 1963. Uh, they've canceled the Hulk, um, but they are in the process of switching over. They're, they they have a limit on the number of titles they can put out every month. Right. And so they're canceling Westerns and romances mostly uh, to make room for more superheroes. And so they were ready to cancel uh, Gunsmoke Western was the comic that they were ready to cancel. And that was a, you know, uh, cowboy heroes thing. Kid Colt was the main guy in, Gus in Gunsmoke Western. Um, and they were ready to, you know, like replace that with a superhero title. And so Stan and Jack had sat down. Uh, Martin Goodman had, had come back in because he was, Martin Goodman was still friends with Bill Everett. And Bill Everett had been working for Martin Goodman in various, you know, companies, back all the way to the timely days, right? Like Bill Everett created Submariner. Uh, and so he was, you know, he was kind of part of the family, even though he hadn't really worked with the Marvel stuff post the superheroes, right? Yeah. And Martin really wanted to give Bill some work uh, because Bill was a nice guy and he had a day job that he hated and he really wanted to kind of get back into comics. And he was kind of sickly. Right. Um, he had hospital bills. He'd had tuberculosis as a kid and had never really kind of like quite recovered. He'd had, you know, just bad health his entire life. So at this point, he's in his, you know, he's in his 40s somewhere. He's like 45, 46 years old. And he and Martin have a conversation. And Martin says, Why don't you come back and write for us again? 
You know, we'd love to uh, get a new character out of you. Uh, and so Bill sits down with Jack and Stan, and they create the character between them who will basically who will be Daredevil. Right. right. It's Jack designs the costume. Stan and Bill kind of come up with the idea for, oh, he's a blind lawyer whose senses are, you know, like super, his other senses are superhuman, et cetera. And they get all of this stuff lined up, ready to go. And Bill is going to draw the series. It's the first time Bill has worked for them for a while. Well, you know, Bill hasn't been in the monthly game for a while. Uh, you know, he's still got his day job that he's keeping. He works for a printing company. He's sick most of the time. And honestly, he has a drinking problem. Uh, and so between all of those things, <laughs> Bill is not keeping up with the deadlines, right? Like it comes time for Daredevil number one to go to the printer. And Bill's not even close to done, right? Like with the, with the art for the series. And so Stan and Jack are like, oh, geez, we got a problem now because we've already rented the time from the printer, right? Like if, if we're, we're supposed to send this title to the printer next month, and if we don't send them something, we're going to get charged anyway for the time that we've, you know, reserved on the printer. So we need to send them something. This is not, you know, we're not in a, in a business where we can just afford to like throw away money on, you know, screwing up a print deal, right? Mm -hmm. um, but Daredevil number one just is not going to be ready. It's not going to be done in time. Uh, so Stan goes back, he kind of like sits down at his desk and he looks at his list of ideas for other comics, right? Like what, what, what else do I like, can I do? Which of these can I do the fastest? Right. And on that list is put together a justice league team, right? Like get all of your kind of like second tier guys, get your Thor and your Iron Man and, you know, like, et cetera, et cetera, and make a team out of them. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and put that out. And he's sitting there thinking, well, geez, you know, like the Avengers, I don't have to introduce a supporting cast. I don't have to like create any new characters, right? We don't have to do any new designs or anything. This is just going to be a, a, like a big fight scene, basically of a comic of a crossover where all of these characters are going to meet each other. I know that's popular. The reason I want to do this kind of like comic is every time we have one of our heroes guest star in another hero's comic, sales go up and we get uh, you know letters from the fans about how awesome this is and they want to see more of it right so this should be really easy let's just do a quick story in which uh you know thor and iron man and giant and ant-man and the wasp basically all meet each other and form a team and we'll bring back the hulk because we really like the hulk Right, like we think he's a great character. He's all kind of fun, um, and it's dis disappointing to us that we had to cancel his his comic. We want to keep him in the in the universe, right? Like we want to keep him in the stories. So here's a place where we could use the Hulk. So in about a day, Stan and Jack sit down and figure out the plot for the first Avengers. Right, and it's like, okay, well Loki is sitting around trying to think of a way to kill Thor, and he sees the Hulk, and he's like, damn, that guy's really powerful. I should trick him into fighting Thor. And if if the Hulk wins, then awesome, then I've killed Thor. And if Thor wins, well, he'll be really weak and tired after fighting the Hulk. So then I can come in and get a shot at Thor, you know, like when he's when he's down, right? Uh, and that's basically the plot. That's basically like leads to everything that happens in the Avengers because uh, he he creates an illusion that causes the Hulk to go on a ramp, you know, the Hulk to go on a rampage, uh, and uh, everybody in the you know everybody sees that the Hulk is you know smashing things, and oh, we need to call a superhero for help, and 
Loki arranges for the signal that Rick Jones tries to send to the Fantastic Four, hilariously, uh, to uh, instead go to Thor. And incidentally, Iron Man and Ant-Man also get it, right? Right. They also pick up the message. So all of them go there solo. I don't know what Ant-Man thought he was going to be doing. (laughs) <laughs> going there on his own, right? <laughs> right? Like it's oh, the Hulk's rampaging around. Well, I'll throw some ants at him or something. I don't know. Like what the hell? That's going to be helpful. And it's what's really know. funny, of course, is that like when Rick, you know, he's Loki's trying to figure out this plot to kill Thor, right? And so he he sends the Hulk on a rampage, and Rick Jones sees the rampage is just like, damn, I've got to call another superhero to help. I'm gonna call the Fantastic Four. And Loki's like, no, Thor, you moron. What's, you know? (laughs) He actually has to, like, step in and, like, fix things because, you know, like, these mortals can't even get this part of their plot right. (laughs) So, of course, they discover, you know, they have a fight for a while. And then at the end, they realize, oh, wait, Loki's been manipulating us. Thor, you know, like, flies off to Asgard and catches Loki and brings him back. And, you know, they kind of group beat up on him for a bit and then decide at the end of the story we should stick together we do pretty well together uh and you know the hulk kind of hilariously says i have no place to go uh you know i i, I might as well give the uh, you know give this a try right. and of course that you know doesn't last at all so no. yeah uh, but during all that time, it takes like seven months now that gives them like a, a, a an opening basically to kind of to fix daredevil Right, like while Avengers has come out, Avengers comes out number one sells really well. It's a hit right out the door. So they don't have now. They've got like six more months before the next opening in their schedule comes up, and during that time, uh, they put together Daredevil number one out of what Bill was able to finish, plus some like extra sketches and inking by Steve Ditko and Sal Brodsky. And then when Daredevil number two comes out, Bill Everett's not on the job. Right, they don't get. They decide not to work with him again uh and they won't work with him again for several more years uh he does make another kind of comeback just to kind of like finish his story quick he comes back in the mid 60s and they put him back on submariner because by that point submariner has his own title again yep um yes and and that's our first our first lineup right is um right is is those five right it's 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 thor iron man Ant-Man and the Wasp, though, you know, like, because it's the 60s and we're wicked sexist at this point, the Wasp frequently is kind of, like, left off the list, actually, uh, and the Hulk. That's the original team. Yeah. Um, so before we get into uh, going through all the the, the, um, the teams um, after that first classic team, um, we are going to go through the mainline team all the way through um, to present day. And right. we're going to hit a couple of the side or spinoff teams. And basically, we just pick the ones that we think are important or that we really like. Uh, yeah, or that we've got some funny story about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, or so, the, something interesting about. So we're not going to hit. There right. have been so many Avengers spinoff teams in the years that uh, there's no way to get through all of that in any sort of timely manner. Not that we're going to get through this in a timely manner. Right. Um, but yeah. So, um, following so that that first set, right? Like, I mean, immediately yeah. at this point, they they haven't thought of any more plots, right? Like, this is this they they rushed right. this to get yeah. to to press, right? Mm-hmm. So, really, not just issue one, but issue two and three are just the team fighting with each other, right? 
right? Because in the second story, we create a bad guy called the Space Phantom. And the Space Phantom's power is that he can kind of like switch places with any hero and like look look like that hero, right? And so he goes around committing crimes, making the heroes all think that the Hulk is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And so they all get into fights with the Hulk. And at the end of issue number two, the Hulk realizes when they figured out, oh, wait, it was a bad guy who was messing with us all this time. The Hulk says, yeah, but now I know how you all think of me, mm-hmm. right? This is that, you know, you're not treating me like I'm part of a team. You don't trust me. You immediately assume I'm going to commit crimes all the time. Screw you guys. I'm out of here. And he, he quits and leaves. I mean, he, he's, he's a member of the team for two issues, right? And then issues three and four are the Avengers chase the Hulk because, you know, now that he's on his own, he's causing trouble by himself. He goes out and he hangs out with Submariner and does, you know, all of this other stuff. But like, literally they've managed to kill four issues worth of plot just on the idea of what if everybody fought the Hulk, fought the Hulk. <laughs> right the good news is once again everybody loved it they were great stories it was a lot of fun and by the time they had gotten up to around issues number three and four stan had had a chance to figure out what the series was going to be about you know and like write some more plots and create some more characters and come up with some bad guys and of course the first thing he does is bring captain america back because this is he's been looking for an excuse to do that for a while absolutely so in avengers 4 captain america rejoins the team or joins the team for the first time um right. And something that's kind of important about this later on when we're talking about it is they, they uh, you know, later writers will start talking about founder status in the Avengers. And uh, just something to note about that is that uh, Hulk does not actually have it and Captain America does. Uh, right. Hulk resigned. Right. Um, which is always what they go with. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so this first run, um, what are like the – because I, I read these once – quickly when i was younger but this is well before like my time sure um so what are the big the big story arcs for this first team well stan uh stan stays the writer for a while this he's he can he can keep this up but jack uh is kind of you know under a lot of pressure to get stuff done here and he and stan have been you know churning out new material constantly and i mean like literally the same month that Jack draws issue number one. He's also creating the X-Men that month, right? right? Like it's a busy month. <laughs> and also he's got a Fantastic Four title and a Thor issue to get out, you know, <laughs> all in the same four weeks, right? Um, so Kirby really likes doing this kind of stuff. He loves that we've brought back the Hulk. Hulk's one of his favorite guys. Uh, you know, he likes uh, the ability to do all of these different characters and everything. And so he sticks around for the first eight issues. Uh, that's as long as he can kind of like, you know, uh, uh, handle doing the, uh, do, doing the monthly grind of the Avengers and yeah, Avengers cool. goes monthly really quickly, right? Like it's bi-monthly for the first three issues and by issue number four, they're already have moved it up to monthly cause it's selling so well. At this point though, fantastic four is still definitely the breadwinner for the company, right? It's oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. So it's not like he's ever going to stop doing. No, and and you know, uh, uh, Thor is like still number three at this point, right. right? I mean, it's 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 also kind of like a smash. So I mean, Jack is not coming off either of those. Right. Um, but Stan very much wants Jack involved at the creation of pretty much everything if he can be, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like Jack didn't really do anything for Daredevil, but he designed he he did the first cover and he designed the costume, right? So he's in on the like every discussion, even if very quickly it gets handed off to another artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, 
Stan, Stan and Jack create several bad guys for this and kind of like swipe a couple of others. They bring over a couple of Thor's bad guys mm-hmm. uh, to be part of the Masters of Evil, right? And so the, 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 the Avengers have like a series of running battles with an archivillain team that is similarly made up to them, right? Like it's it's uh, Baron Zemo, a Captain America bad guy, uh, several other kind of like minor bad guys who have fought the various Avengers. And then eventually the team kind of like gets cut down to basically just Zemo, uh, the Enchantress and the Executioner. Right. And those three stick around long enough to continue to menace the team for about a year and a half, right? They're, they're, they're constantly there in the background causing trouble and, and uh, you know, not not getting caught, right? Like not being put away at the end. They always seem to escape at the end of the story or something. So they're still out there causing trouble. Uh, during this run, um, they also create, Lee and Kirby also create uh, Kang, uh, who, you know, will become much more awesome later. But like, you know, he, he sh- just shows up for the first couple of times. And then once Don Heck takes over the art for, from Jack, uh, uh, Lee and Heck together create Immortus. So we've got another kind of like time travel bad guy that happens right. in this run. Um, but pretty quickly, by the time they've done, you know, 15, 16 issues, the, uh, the issue 16, they have, they've kind of finally wrap up the, this running battle with the Masters of Evil that's been going on for several issues and uh, managed to put the heroes away. Captain America has to go single-handedly or with just with Rick, basically, to South America to chase down Zemo. Zemo's right. the last one who got away. And the rest of the Avengers capture the rest of the Masters of Evil and you know defeat them kind of like once and for all. Uh, and then the Avengers sit down and have a meeting afterwards. Cap's not there because Cap is still in South America running around chasing like his main bad guy. Um, and they're like, you know, damn, we've been doing this for, you know, I mean, th- since we're, you know, operating in comic time, we've been doing this for 16 issues. We're tired. We need a vacation. We need a break. This is, this is a lot of work. Uh, you know, we, we, we can't all kind of like commit to being part of this team on the full time. And that's really Stan complaining <laughs> about how hard it is to write a team that's that powerful. Right. Right. He's put guys you know like thor and iron man just to you know like as as the main kind of like two themselves are regularly facing cosmic level bad guys by themselves in their solo comics Mm -hmm. you know coming up with like a new bad guy every month who is interesting enough and powerful enough and dangerous enough that you need all of the avengers together to fight them is exhausting second of all since they all have their own titles at this point, except for Captain America, you can't really do anything to those characters, right? Like they can't have anything interesting in their backstory, in their supporting cast or anything like that happen in the Avengers comic because those kind of things are get reserved for their main comic, right? Like what if the fan of Thor is not reading Avengers and like, the you know thor did something interesting that happened to jane foster or something right like in the avengers then the the guy reading the thor comic wouldn't know about it and that would be bad we would get bad press for that so the avengers isn't really like allowed to make any kind of like changes in the characters because they don't really own them right they, it's they belong to their own solo comics so so stan is like you know that that's why we never thought this was a great idea right that's that's why we always wanted to have our comics be solely devoted to like the characters in those comics right like not not having characters who were in their own titles 
So he sits around and then they, they very quickly come up with a plan to change the lineup of the Avengers, to make it something where everybody who is in the Avengers, like that's all they're doing. This is where their stories are happening. Um, mm -hmm. And in doing that, they kind of like set the example. This is the first team in comic book history that has a rotating lineup. Right. right, like that had never happened before. If you join the Justice League, you're in the Justice League forever, right? The Justice League just kept expanding, you know, to the point where there were 12, 13, 14 guys on the team because you joined, but then you never left, right? Um, Fantastic Four, you know, was like this tight family unit. The X-Men was this kind of like tight unit of students all at a school or whatever. The Avengers was just like whoever decided they were Avengers that month. You know, right. and they did kind of have like a whole formal process of letting people in and out, et cetera. But that still, at any given time, somebody could quit and somebody else could join, and that gave the Avengers kind of like a, a a style, an air to themselves that really nobody else was like. It became, they kind of like defined them as their own kind of cool, different thing. Was like, oh, this is the this is the comic where anybody could show up and anything could happen. And that was, you know, that, that was a big chunk of its appeal early on. Which is one of the reasons why we decided to do this episode for Avengers, where we go through all the different Right, because, because, yeah, more people have been money. Avengers than have been any other superhero, right? Just by, right. Just by numbers, so. Right. Figuring out who the team is going to be uh, issues, which I just this always love those. Uh, case, those each of the new people who are coming onto the teams used to be villains. Right? right. Dan says, okay, I want to bring in characters. I don't want to create any new ones, mm -hmm. but I also don't want anybody who's got their own title. Well, that kind of like cuts me down on who's available. Right. right? So what I'm going to do is I've got a couple of bad guys floating around out here that I've kind of established in their races who, uh, you know, like they wound up on the bad guy's side, but you kind of root for them. You mm -hmm. kind of like them. So he takes Hawkeye, who was an Iron Man villain, uh, and decides that, you know, like Hawkeye has is no longer being, you know, manipulated by the commie thing. Uh, and he's decided to go straight and he wants to join the Avengers. And then Quicksilver and Scarlet wins because Magneto just got yanked off into outer space. So they isn't there anymore. This is an opportunity for them to leave and go wind up joining the Avengers while Cap is still in South America. So when Captain America comes back from South America, he's got a whole new team. Right. Everybody else has decided, oh, we're taking some time off. We're on vacation. We've got to go do with our stuff. I'm Thor's got to go back to Asgard and get in trouble in Asgard for a while. You know, like here's here's your new team, Cap. Congratulations. And it's all these bad guys who have recently reformed. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, um, this ends up right. a kooky quartet era, as it gets referred to later. Uh, Don Heck comes on at this point, I believe. Right. Yeah. Uh, he he's up doing about in, in like the first three years of the uh, you know not uh, everyone doesn't already know the right. name of uh, which is Swordsman uh, <laughs> is a Swordsman uh, named uh, Jacques and I can never figure I think Duquesne I think Duquesne uh, all right he like Hawkeye comes from uh, the circus right or the carnival rather also a villain so uh, at the beginning of the issue it seems like he's going to fit in just fine. But he is, in fact, a servant of uh, Mandarin, and he has this plan to use the Avengers and and uh, you know get into the, get him into the Avengers so that they can kill Iron Man, because the Mandarin sits around thinking of new ways to try and to kill Iron Man all the time. Right. By the end of it, uh, he's kind of, he's kind of uh, falls for Scarlet Witch during the um, during the comic, uh, which is a uh, recurring theme throughout all of Avengers. People are falling for Scarlet Witch. This is true. 
And so uh, he ends up trying to defuse the bomb. And I think he successfully, yeah, he successfully defuses the bomb. Um, but then leaves the team because right, he, he turns on Mandarin because he doesn't want right. to kill Scarlet Witch. And then the two yeah. of them get into a quick scrap and Swordsman's like, you know, well, up yours, I'm not helping you anymore. And he, and he leaves. Right. He takes his hilarious Frenchman mustache and goes. Absolutely. And this, this doesn't really, uh, it doesn't start. Well, it does start here, but it, it's, you know, he's in a long um, redemption arc after this. Right. Um, that runs up to Avengers 114, where he finally rejoins the team. Yeah, he stays. He stays evil for a while because he's in the next Masters right. of Evil lineup. Um, oh, is he? Oh, yeah, but uh, but you know, even by then, you're kind of like you know, like like some of the others, you can see how he could be redeemed, right? He's got a sense of honor. Uh, he doesn't like to you know attack people from behind. He doesn't like to you know be sneaky and crap like that. He he if he's going to beat Hawkeye or if he's going to beat Captain America, he wants to beat them in a fair fight. Right. And so because of that, you're kind of like, oh well, then he's really not that bad a guy, right? He's you know. Uh, so even though he continues to like hang out and be on villain teams for a while, you can kind of see early on where they're going to get the idea of eventually redeeming him. You know, and right. it's going to be Steve Englehart eventually who kind of like gives him his full redemption arc. But that's not for like, you know, 10 more years in the comics. So. Right. Uh, it'll be part of a big storyline with, uh, with Mantis and all other sorts of uh, stuff that's going on there. Right. Um, ends up dying, um, gets shot by Kang the Conqueror. Um, and doesn't, he comes back every once in a while, but he's never back for all that long. Well, his dead body gets used by an alien tree for a while. That's kind of gross, but. Yep. Uh, and he comes back as um, as a zombie during the uh, during the Hulk storyline, mm -hmm. where he had all of the uh, Dead Avengers. Right. Um, he's part of that. Um, and he he whenever there is a Dead Avenger thing, uh, he usually ends up being one of the first ones to come to be a part of that. Right. Um, anytime there's like dead or past Avengers, he's usually a part of that. But um, after he gets killed, there he doesn't really. He doesn't really ever rejoin the team again, right? Um, he's he's uh, he's the rarity of like the guy who like dies. He despite the fact that he keeps showing up as a zombie or like an animated right. body or whatever, he stays dead, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. nobody really wants to see him come all the way back. So yep, and okay. you know as 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 I said, like his the name can always be handed on to somebody else, right? Like he's got a son eventually, and then he's got mm -hmm. uh, uh, he's like, also a bad guy. Yeah, you know, several other people wind up using the name and the shtick. Right. Uh, which, which is perfectly fine, right? Like we have no particular reason to see this guy came back. He, you know, he let let him have his redemption arc and then just leave him dead. So, yep. Um, two that are kind of of note of those other groups, though. Um, one is that uh, Andreas Strucker, Baron Strucker's son, used the name for a little while, right? Um, in uh, Thunderbolts, um, and uh, in the Heroes Reborn, or like the not Heroes Reborn, it's the like. Yeah, it is Harris Reborn. Uh, the Image Comics when they're running Avengers. Right. Um, sword, a swordsman is a part of that team. Um, and so technically a new member of the Avengers there. But he does not come back with the rest of the... Or he doesn't come to normal Earth at the end of... Uh, right. Franklin doesn't bring him back to our universe. Yeah, he does not come back. He ends up becoming the uh, villain of that universe and becomes Deadpool. Right. Which is just a like really really out there storyline <laughs> worth reading. Cause it's kind of interesting, but yeah. And so that's, that's swordsman. Right. Um, so after that, what happens? 
So they go back to they go they go back to being a quartet. Uh, you know the, the the kooky quartet. They kind of they, they over the course of six or eight issues, they kind of get a chance to prove themselves, right? Like they fight the Hulk, they fight a couple, they fight Doctor Doom, uh, and survive. They don't all die, right? And you know this is obviously Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are cool and all, but like you know this is not a terribly powerful team compared to what they had for their original lineup. Iron Man and Thor will continue to occasionally show up as guests, but uh, Giant Man and the Wasp they get their comic canceled. Right, they were in Tales to Astonish uh, with the Hulk, and then their uh, Submariner makes his comeback as a gets a, a solo title and winds up replacing them. So they've lost their solo comic, um, and so starting with number twenty six, they come back to the Avengers. They do a whole storyline that is kind of like connected to the return of Submariner as a good guy, uh, and in fact, the first Avengers story they're in, they're fighting Atuma. Um, you know, and so Submariner kind of like crosses over with them at the same time he's stealing their series, right? So, right. <laughs> but that does, you know, kind of like bring those two back. Uh, uh, Giant Man has now kind of like changed his look in his comic, and he is now called Goliath. Uh, and uh, you know, he has uh, uh, a, a limit to how big he can grow, and then for a little while he can't shrink at all, and he's like 15 feet tall all the time just to be annoying. <laughs> um, so you know, but once again. There's nothing else competing with it, right? Now you can have those guys. The Avengers is now the only place we're reading about them. So we don't have to worry that we're contradicting something going on in another title, right? So uh, so now we've got a full six-person team that is, you know, like a, like, like a full team. Um, and so we have uh, a series of uh, guest stars, of some guys who are going to be in the Avengers later on, do show up for stories. Uh, Black Widow is definitely part of Hawkeye's backstory at this point, because she's the one who seduced him and convinced him to work for the commies in the first place. And so now not only has he turned his back on the, on the commies, but now Black Widow has also done a face turn, and she's not an evil commie anymore either. Right. And so now they have like this kind of like relationship. Hawkeye would like to get back together with her, but she's currently working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and a whole bunch more complication. And so she never winds up joining the team in this run, even though she's a guest in a bunch of the issues because they're fighting commies and she's part of that story. The, the Russians are all pissed at her now and are trying to kill her. So, um, so the next new person who actually shows up uh, is Hercules. And Hercules and, comes in like we we should talk. We should point out by the time we get to three years now into this run, we're now up into the thirties of the title. Stan is now getting ready to leave. Right? Stan has cut back his as the more and more work that being the president of uh, Marvel has led to for him. You know, as as uh, assistant editor in chief for the title, um, and also has just kind of like single handedly taken on four or five different comics. Uh, around the Marvel line, and one of the big ones is Avengers, and and Roy very much wants to use Avengers as like grand central of the Marvel universe, right? The X Men or whatever, the Avengers are going to stick their noses into it somewhere, right? And so if you follow only the event, the Avengers regularly cross over with other titles. Yes, it, it's what makes uh, Avengers really a great one to read if you want to uh, go back through the history of Marvel. You can kind of get a good outline. Right, Hercules has already shown up in Thor at this point and then you know 
with once the X-Men have been handed over to the, are being uh, kind of like redesigned, right? Like the X-Men concept has, has changed out in the world as adults. And so Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch wind up getting sucked back into Magneto's latest plan. Right. Uh, so they leave the Avengers at this point. So the team of the Avengers right. a different part is Cap, Hawkeye, Glock, and looking at that lineup, you're kind of like, well, that's not, those, those guys are in trouble the first time they go up against like a really big, serious bad guy, right? Like that's, you know, you've taken away like, kind of like two of the most powerful dudes they had left. Mm-hmm. So Roy kind of agrees with that. And he's like, well, I'd love to get Thor back, but Stan won't mm-hmm. let me. So, okay, well, how about Hercules? In which Hercules winds up coming over to the Avengers. Right. So Hercules uh, showed up first in Annual 1. Right. And uh, fall out from one of the other stories that he was a part of. Right. Well, Enchantress mind-controlled him into fighting the Avengers, and then they beat her and freed him, and then he didn't really have any place else to go. So Yeah, so he's kind of couch-surfing at the Avengers. He has a, you know, jumping forward just to kind of talk about Hercules a little bit. If you want to read any great Hercules books, Greg Pak did a run with him uh, where he took over Hulk's book for like right. three years in Incredible Hercules. And it's just like one of the best books from that time period, which culminates in Chaos War, which is where a whole bunch of dead Avengers show up, which is one of the places that Swordman actually shows back up. In sure. Yep. And another good one from way in the future, 2016 Hercules, where he doesn't have any of his powers, but he has a whole bunch of like mythological gear mixed with tech, uh, technological gear. Like he has magic, like smoke grenades and stuff. And it ends up with her. That was a weird set. Yeah. Those, those were better than they should have been. Frankly, it was kind of a dumb idea that worked better than you would think. Yeah. It was like so much, like it was so much better than it should have been. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. With Gilgamesh couch surfing on his uh, couch because he's depressed was really like, right. Like a great, it really drew me into the comic. It's not very long either. If uh, it got, it it got canceled pretty early, but well worth reading. My, my favorite run of Hercules is when he comes back to the Avengers in the eighties and Roger Stern is writing him. Okay. Because Stern's version of him is hilarious. Because all he wants to do is party. All he wants to do is have a good time. Right. You know, he's he and you know he loves being on the team. He loves just like the attention of being an Avenger. <laughs> he's really sexist, and he has a hard time with the Wasp being the boss at that point. Right. And uh, you know, there there was this great kind of like running debate. If you remember, I you probably don't remember, but I do as a, a subscriber at the time. Um, there was this great kind of like running debate in the letters pages saying, "Can Hercules even read?" <laughs> right? Like he comes from a time when like literacy was not that common. Have we ever? Do we ever see him reading a book or something? Can we confirm whether this is true? And Roger Stern got so upset about the idea that he literally, like in the next comic, had them go to a restaurant and show Hercules reading the menu (laughs) just to prove that he could, in fact, at some point in the last several thousand years, he had, in fact, actually learned to read, you know? And then being illiterate would have been fine. It would have been fine. Yeah. But, you know, he he was having none of it. And then we have the great, like the, the, the great storyline of that, of that run is, is the, the siege story, right? When the, when the, the. Baron Zemo and the the new masters take over the Avengers headquarters. And that entire story begins like it's Hercules who kind of like, you know, uh, uh, screws up and lets them in because he gets seduced in a bar uh, by one of the villainesses, right? And then like slips him some drugs. And then the entire, you know, uh, wrecking crew plus, uh, you know, like the evil Goliath and Mr. Hyde and a bunch of other villains just get together and just beat the living snot out of Hercules while he's too drunk to fight back. You know? <laughs> and, and he's actually one of my favorite, uh, you know, I kind of, um, he's one of the, like, he's a perennial Avenger, right? He's always 
Like right. every once in a while, he ends up back on the team. He was on the he was on the Avengers team as recently as like 2016, I think. Right. Um, and I almost kind of you know he he kind of fills that Thor role. I almost like him better because it's just like you just said, there's a limit to how stupid you can make Thor. Right. Like yes. there's just a limit to how how dumb and gullible they will allow you to make Thor because he's one of their like top tier guys. Uh, that's not there for for Hercules, so you can do all sorts of like really weird stuff with him. Right. He's gobs of fun as a character. He's just he's just a walking party, you know, like pretty much everywhere he goes, and and he knows everybody, and he's six thousand years old, you know. Of course, yeah, <laughs> he's the best. Yeah, so. I hope he makes it into the movies one day. The, but, um, um, he's supposed to be in Eternals, right? Doesn't he? Is, is he one of the, like their new version, the new explanation for Hercules? Because they're not they're not adding the Greek gods to the MCU, uh, you know, for the movies. Right, so like Hercules is going to be one of the Eternals. Oh well, yeah, I, I no, I thought right? I, just to, to give a reason for him. I don't know if he's like a big part of it, but there, I think there is an Eternal who is called Hercules in this, and so like can, gives them the option if they decide to expand him well, forward. At, at this point, we're going to have two of my favorite Avengers in Eternals, and that's just awesome. Right, um, the who the other one who we will be talking about very shortly. Yes. So yeah, uh, his first uh, story arc comes to an end when they fight Ares in Olympus uh, for uh, for Zeus. Um, and at the end of it, Hercules stays in Olympus, um, but he's not really there for too long because he ends up back in Avengers stories not after you know after. Not oh, too in like three or four years. Yeah, he's he comes yeah. back for the he's back at the end of uh, the Kree Scroll War. So right. Um. So after um. After Hercules, the next people to join, uh, or the next person to join, rather, is Black Panther. Black Panther comes in because Cap gets his own solo comic. Right. Right. Like, at, uh, you know, at that point, Cap has been pretty much only in Avengers uh, for three or four years. And then he gets, he, he gets to share one of the, you know, one of the, one of the group titles, one of the anthology titles. Um, and mm-hmm. so he's, he's in that with Iron Man. Um, and at first, those first few stories, Stan doesn't even really have a good reason for why he's doing this. And so he just tells a bunch of Captain America in World War II stories, right? Um, which are fun, but clearly the fans want Captain America today. They want, you know, like awesome Captain America, you know, doing Captain America stuff today. So they very quickly kind of pull a Wonder Woman TV show thing on him and like move him to, you know, the modern day again very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now he has kind of like by the quote unquote unofficial rules of the Avengers, since he's got a solo title, we, we, we should move him off the roster. Right? right. And so, well, okay, we've got to replace Captain America. That's tough. He's like tactically brilliant and he's, you know, like the best hand to hand fighter and et cetera, et cetera. He's, you know, like the leader of this team, really the only guy they've got outstanding who does not have his own title. Who's even close to that is black Panther. Right. And Black Panther, to this point, has only been a supporting character in the Fantastic Four. He has, you know, only been around for a year or two at that point. And so Captain America and Black Panther do a team-up in Cap's own comic, which is kind of like the story in which they prove to the fans that Black Panther is just as cool as Captain America, right? Like, Captain America, at the end of his team-up with him, says, dude, you're amazing. Do you, you know, I've got to take some time off from the Avengers. Do you want to replace me? Right, so he's got Captain America's blessing right. when he comes onto the team. It's like Captain America like handpicked him to replace himself, right? You know, on, on the team. So there's no question of like whether or not the fans are going to tolerate this because you know, hey, Captain America said so. You know, 
Yeah, absolutely. And and he is awesome in this uh in the first couple of comics here. Um yeah. and also it's a um a good start there of uh something that I love, which is always the uh they they do them very I've I've probably seen them like three times in my life, which is Captain America, Black Panther, like team up comics. Uh yeah. they're always really cool. Um they're a great um, pair. They work very well together. They, so. they are. There's a really good one where um, it's I can't remember when it was, but it was I think it was like around 2010 where it's uh, two stories, one with Captain America with the original Black Panther, like during World War Two, uh, and then a modern day story with him with uh, T'Challa, which is pretty cool. Or the, right. the previous Black Panther, not the original Black Panther, because they've been tons of Black Panthers, but one yes. of the other ones. Um. So after Black Panther in 52, uh, Vision comes in. Yeah, he shows up in uh, issue 58. Uh, he is basically created by Ultron, uh, similarly to what happens in the movies, except in, uh, in the comics as opposed to the movies, Ultron himself is created by Hank Pym, not Tony Stark. Right. Uh, so, you know, Ultron uh, has a kind of like Frankenstein-like relationship uh, with Pym, right? Like he regards Pym as his father and he hates him. Right, so he's he, you know he 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 has to kill him, and so as part of his plan to kill uh, Pym, he creates a new ally for himself as the Vision, and is going to get the Vision to join their team and then betray them, and of course Vision joins their team and then says, "Screw this! I like being a, a good guy or whatever. I like being an Avenger. I will in fact not betray the you, you know," and joins them right. to fight the fight Ultron. At this point, um, if you're a villain, don't send people to infiltrate the Avengers because you're. Good it never works. Them. No, it's <laughs> always a bad idea. Yeah, the heroes, the heroes always like infect the bad guys with, uh, with with goodness. So absolutely. Um. So after this, um, it's like another ten ten-ish issues until we get our next person to join. Um, who's someone who's been around. He came around in that same time when we're. Uh, when Black Widow was around, um, not in the same stories, but in that same sort of time period. Um, right. uh, and that is Black Knight, um, right. who is probably... Who both of us like way more than he deserves. Yeah, he's he's so much cooler than the storylines that he's been given. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so uh, just to kind of summarize him, um, Dane Whitman is a scientist. Um, who inherits the evil ebony blade from his uncle, who was a previous Black Knight. Right. Um, his, his uncle was a member of that first Masters of Evil team from way right. back in Avengers number, whatever it is, five or six, or whenever they, when they show up. Yeah. Um, and at the end, in that battle that ends in Avengers 16, uh, uncle dies, right? Like, he, he's shot out of the sky, and he's, like, riding a flying horse, and he falls off the horse and falls and dies. Um, and so all of his right. stuff, his 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 home, uh, is sent to his nephew, who's his only living, uh, you know, relative, right? And so Dane goes to visit the house and discovers his secret lab and discovers, holy crap, my uncle was a supervillain. <laughs> you know, this was complete news to him, right? He had no idea. Uh, but he sees all of his stuff that his uncle uses. He's just like, well, you know, a that's terrible. I feel bad that my uncle was a supervillain, but look at all of this cool stuff. I could use this cool stuff to become a hero, right? I've got a magic sword and a flying horse, and I've got you know all kind of gadgets and all kind of other stuff. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, reform the name, right? Like I'm gonna use the name Black Knight, and I'm going to make it the name of a good guy instead of a bad guy. Of course, first you know, time out the blocks. He winds up uh, you know interacting with the Avengers, and they assume he's a bad guy because they remember his uncle. 
Oh, so he's and like, oh, you must be the new, or... you must be the new Black Knight. Uh, and right. Start pounding on him, <laughs> you know. Right. And so Black Knight's like, well, crap, maybe this wasn't the smartest idea, and he runs away. And it takes a couple of years for him to finally like get to the point in the storyline where the Avengers will take him seriously because he's wearing the costume of one of their enemies, right? So, you right. know. Um. Yeah. So uh, he joins the team in '71, but he joins as kind of like a. a partial member or reserve member, I think is the, is the terminology that you use. Right. Well, because what the, even the bad guys think he's a bad guy. Right. <laughs> right? Because he's still running around wearing the bad guy costume and everything for this. So the Masters of Evil invite him to join. Yeah. And he's like, ah, this is my chance. Now I will show the Avengers how awesome I am. I will join the Masters of Evil, and then I will betray them to the, to the heroes. Right? He's going he's gonna to reverse that trick. Right. Uh, and join the bad guys and then betray them. And of course, that goes horribly badly for a while. Uh, but in the end, eventually everything works out and the Avengers learn that he is, in fact, actually a good guy, even though they keep kicking the snot out of him every time they see him. <laughs> yeah, uh, he loses almost every fight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he ends up, uh, he doesn't really take a, a, a permanent role in the team until uh, much later, issue 256. Right. Um, a lot of his stories involve him dealing with the Ebony Blade, and it's like it slowly corrupts you and drives you insane and stuff like that. Um, he gives it up sometimes and has different swords. Um, he's got a whole bunch of swords. Um, sort there's of a whole him. there's a whole storyline where he gets kicked back to Camelot, right? And so there's a statue of him in the Avengers Mansion, and they think he's dead. They don't realize that he's time traveled and they're like, we should keep the statue in case there's a chance anybody ever like figures out how to turn it back into him. Mm -hmm. Right. Because he like it literally, he turned into a statue, but his like soul traveled back to Camelot and he spent years fighting alongside King Arthur. It's a very complicated story. And Dr. Strange had to get involved and a bunch of other stuff, but like for years of the comic, the Avengers just had a statue of this dude in their mansion, just in the hopes that someday they would figure out how to fix it. And and the the it's it's cool because the artists keep remembering that it's there, so it keeps on being in the background and seeing. Right? Yeah, totally. Because um, it's a way cool costume. I mean, like it's a way cool statue, right? Like I mean, the the visual look of this character is tremendous. If they could ever come up with like a you know actual good plots involving this character, it would be amazing. But yeah. Um, so in three forty three, he's a part of Operation Galactic Storm, which is like one of those big. Not quite full crossovers, but it has a lot of the Avengers where they're trying to fight the the Kree. Um, mm -hmm. At the end of that, he actually becomes the leader of the Avengers for a little. Yep. Um, he fights a new version of the Swordsman. Um, he fights the Legion of the Unliving. Uh, this is the Bob Harris Avengers that I don't hear a lot of love for, like in general. Um, but it's it's pretty good. It's a rough stretch for Marvel, but th these are some of the better ones that did appear in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, during the 70s and 90s, he's one of those characters who just keeps popping up in other teams. He's a part of Heroes for Hire, Ultra Force. Um, he pops into the Avengers whenever there's like a team-up issue or one of the issues where they're choosing the roster. Um, he shows up. Um, he's going to be in the Eternals movie, just like um, Hercules. He's going to be playing... Um, yeah, I think he's got a big part. I think Hercules right. is just like a background character, but I, Black Knight's going to be important. Yeah, because he's being played by uh, Kit Harrington. Um, okay. so it seems like it. Um, and hopefully that is the start of a new, maybe we'll get some good black Knight stories. Um, and the reason why he's going to be in there is because he has a whole love affair. One of his big storylines is his whole love affair with Cersei. 
who's also right. a member of the Eternals. Um, and that's like his biggest, probably his biggest singular plot um, yeah. in the Avengers. Um, just because we're never going to have another time to talk about it. Uh, he's also in Captain <laughs> Britain MI13, uh, where uh, they fight uh, Dracula, and it's amazing, and everyone should read it. Everyone should read MI13. Yeah, not that you can, you can in fact read the whole thing. So, I was going to say we're coming up on an hour, right? So, so and with Black Knight, uh, we're going to end our first issue, uh, or our first not issue episode on the history of the Avengers. And next time we'll pick up with the Avengers going into the seventies. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. Have a good one. I've been Steve Tasker. I'm Darren Watts. Good night.